0: How's it, guys? Please take your seats. I must say, I'll, this is the winter of buying winter j- tops, isn't that so, and thick socks. Um, I've never owned as much winter clothing. Um, so I don't have to pack it all away. So anyway, you know what, when it's a cold winter, you enjoy the summer, isn't it? We were, for, we were in Zambia for two weeks. Um, that's a Zambian winter. We reached over 30 degrees in the day. And one night we were traveling back from a meeting and at nine o'clock it was 21. And then we drove the most terrible roads down to Victoria Falls and we hit a minus three. So um, my hat, is it cold at the falls? So if ever you go there. Awesome. It's so great to be with you guys. Um, Yep, let me get going. Um, Awesome. God is good. My message is entitled, This is My Story of God's Blessings. Guys, and you know, every time we come to God's house, we must receive some revelation about God. Right. Okay. One of the main characteristics of the most loving and graceful God that we serve is that He loves to bless His people. So when things are really tough, look for a blessing. And Interesting. all the blessings that were promised to Abraham have been passed on to the Gentile church. We read that in Galatians chapter 3. And I don't know if if we realize this, that in the early days of God's people being uh, in the wilderness, um, God spoke to Moses and told him to instruct Aaron and the priest to act on his behalf and bless the people. And of course, what we know from New Testament Scripture is that we are a royal priesthood. And that God is actually actioning us to bless one another. So I'm going to read the blessing. Number six from verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, they were the priests, to bless the people of Israel with a special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you. How many know life is so much better when He smiles on us? And be gracious to you when you make mistakes and fail. And may the Lord show you His favour. Guys, we need His favour at work, don't we? We need His favour in the family, wherever we are, and give you peace, not anxiety. And whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. So we're going to end the service blessing one another. Are you up to it? Awesome. Um, so today I'm going to... Read the story that Paul repeated wherever he went. Are we still online? The story of his, I think I need another microphone. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's not sounding too hot. Thanks. Awesome. Wherever he went, Paul told his story. I want to ask you, do you have a story? You know, you think of family members, friends who need to come to Jesus and you think, I need to learn a scripture to give them. Guys, that doesn't often work, does it? Um, or maybe you just need to tell them that they need to stop sinning. The best way you can reach people is with your story. Nobody can argue with your story. The story of the way God has blessed you in different ways. Guys, we will pack this church. Help me, Jesus. Is that somebody saying, please stop preaching and let's close the service? <laughs> okay. Um, now it's this thing. Naughty. <laughs> okay. okay. Now I want, you to, I want to tell you something about Paul. Absolutely crazy. This guy was an insane lunatic. And I'm going to read the story. He actually had people killed. He persecuted, he threw women and children into, into jail. And he's going to, to Damascus to wipe out the Christians, grab hold of them, drag them back in chains to Jerusalem to be punished. And I don't know how, whether he was on a horse, but if he was on a horse, he was riding the July. If he was on a donkey, he was hitting that poor donkey uh, till he didn't know whether it was coming or going. If he was walking, Paul was walk. he was walking like that. He was so determined. In a moment, everything changes. And it sounds weird. God comes down in a light. Everything changes. So if you think, well, what did it look like? It's like Vladimir Putin um, sending, just giving an instruction for, for, for missiles to rain down on Ukraine. The next minute, he's on his knees, repenting and withdrawing his troops and sending billions to restore Ukraine. That, that it was a similar Kind of thing. Um, so then what happens? He experiences a fourfold blessing salvation, healing, baptism with the Holy Spirit, and a commissioning. And the crazy thing, all this happens in like hours and days. This guy that hated Christians, he makes this one eighty degree term. And it's kind of rather surprising. How do you go from hating Christians to being given a calling? I mean, and I want you to know that this shouldn't be surprising, because all of these things are grace gifts. You might think, well, you know, you don't know me. Um, you know, I've struggled, and uh, you know, if God wants to use me, give me, give me 15 years or. Or like, I, I, I don't think I'm ready for baptism or to speak in tongues. We, we can feel that, but it's not true. Um, at any moment, God is willing to bless you uh, with salvation, healing, the Holy Spirit, and a calling. So let me read it to you. Acts 22 from verse 3. Then Paul said, now remember, this is one of the many reports. He's in Jerusalem. He's speaking to the Jews just before he was um, imprisoned and sent to Rome. He said, "I am Jew. I am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. That was a big thing. He was the guru, the highest of high priests. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today." He's talking to the Jews. And I persecuted the followers of the way. I love it. The, the, originally, the church was called followers of the way because Jesus is the only way. And it's with a capital letter. It's, it's, it's interesting. Hounding some to death, arresting both men and women, throwing them in prison. Guys, I want to tell you, this is what religion does. It doesn't matter what the religion is. When you become zealous for religion, you end up, Doing stuff that you think is pleasing God, but it's not. And that's why when I became a pastor, I mean, I was, uh, listen, no one was more shocked than me when God called me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, whoa, what's this, Lord? I said, I will do it as long as you don't want me to be religious. I'm not wearing fancy clothes. Um, I, I'm, 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 I refuse to be religious because I've never seen religion not cause pain. Amen. Okay. The high priest and the whole council of us can testify to this. This is what he's saying. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the followers of the way from there to Jerusalem in chains. You take a poor lady in chains who's looking after her kids. I mean, this guy, let's be honest, he was a nasty gentleman, wasn't he? He was nasty, nasty, nasty. As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. I fell to the ground, off the horse, off the donkey, or just falling over. And heard the voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? We're going to talk about this later. It was so personal to Jesus. Who are you, Lord? I asked. The voice replied, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, the one you are persecuting. There was personal hurt. And we'll talk about it a little bit later on. The people with me saw the light but didn't understand the voice. I'm gonna tell you, when people's hearts are closed and closed shut, the tragedy is they, they don't understand the Word. They don't understand the Gospel. Have you spoken to people where it's like there's a blank? And that's tragic, we ne- but we never stop praying for them. I ask, what should I do, Lord? Guys, that's, Always the question, when God reveals anything to us, what should I do? Guys, if we can follow this pattern, uh, we're going to grow like crazy. And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus. It's, you, you know, I always remember the story. Every time He healed somebody, He said, get up, take your bed and your McDonald's packets and walk. Clean up your mess and go. There's always get up and go. And people say, you know, Graham, you know, your ministry, we're always challenging and we're always, we're always wanting to go somewhere because that's how God works. Jesus says, get up and go. Um, so, and the Lord told me to get up and go into Damascus and there you'll be told everything you are to do. Whoa. He says, we're not wasting time. I'm gonna give you calling and ministry. That's why we say, don't waste time. Sign up for growth track." Now is the time to do it. Um, And he says, uh, Where where are we? I was blinded by intense light, had to be led by the hand to Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law, um, and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, it's crazy. One minute he was unsaved, next minute he was a brother. Crazy, isn't it? Regain your sight. And at that very moment, I could see. Then he told me, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. Guys, all of us are chosen to hear the voice. Amen. The one who speaks. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Help me, Jesus. This man has just been blind. Um, he hasn't even had a cup of tea. He says, have your sins washed away uh, by calling on the name of the Lord. Um, and of course, it says he got up and, um, and was, um, he had something to eat. And I want you to know that the reason we give you food and coffee afterwards is so that when you've had an encounter with God, you can go and be refreshed. Amen. Uh, and verse 21, the Lord said to me, Go for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So Paul's encounter was very unexpected, both to him and to the community. Christians and Jews alike, when the Jews found that he had changed sides, they wanted to kill him. And you know, the Christians took a while to accept him, even as a brother and a leader. If we read Galatians, which we've just recently studied, he went from Damascus to Arabia, came back and it was three years before he met Paul and James, sorry Peter and James, um, so and I want to tell you guys that's sad. We've got to expect people to come to Christ. I remember my mother-in-law, um, man, she used to ask questions and tell us to stop preaching, and it was this chaos going on. One day she found me, she said, "Graham, guess what happened to me?" And I went through it. You got a rabbit, you got another tortoise because my mother-in-law had, you, you got a dog and you cat. She said, "Keep guessing." Then she said, Graham, why can't you guess? I gave my life to the Lord at lunchtime today at work. I mean, I nearly dropped the phone, but I shouldn't have been surprised. Guys, God wants to surprise us with this kind of thing. So let's start. The first blessing was salvation and ongoing forgiveness. Jesus is the one who initiates the encounter out of His incredible love for us. We are His precious creation. So what happens is the Holy Spirit identifies a heart that is ready to open. Okay, you with me? And Jesus comes in. He is the one who always comes to us. And, um, and when our hearts are open, we can receive the divine revelation. Guys, it's not about my words. It's about what takes place in your heart. So there's a spirit of truth that comes to the mind and change in the heart. Example would be Zacchaeus. I mean, there was a, just a curiosity. That was enough. He, he hid up in this, in this little tree and he knew that he needed to change. That was enough. So I want to say this. The fact you've come here in winter, maybe you don't know Christ. There's a curiosity. I'm trusting that your heart will be open. I mean, he was the equivalent to the Guptas or whatever. And I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is not intimidated by sin or darkness because He loves the sinner. He loves us too much. He's drawn to us. Amen. So what happens? The light comes from heaven and surrounds Paul. Jesus proclaimed that He's the light of the world. Okay. So what light does is it always brings truth. So by God's grace, I'm declaring truth to you. I want you, first of all, to receive it in the mind, but then I want it to go to the heart. Um I want you to be drawn. Think about Mary Magdalene. She was a prostitute, but she became one of his most stable pillar supporters. She was there with Mary um, when Jesus was resurrected. So it doesn't matter who we are. um, The light has to reach us. You see, Paul was deceived. He actually thought he was pleasing God. And what deception is, is it gives us the impression that everything's fine. But when the light comes, so what I, want, what I want to say to you, if you ever feel uncomfortable in church, just shout hallelujah, because it means God is still working. Amen. So what Jesus does is He addresses Paul's guilt, which was very personal to him. Guys, I need to explain this to you. He said, why are you persecuting me? You know, even David, when he um, wrote his Psalm of Repent in Psalm 51, he said, against you and you alone have I sinned. I want you to say that, I want to say to you that God has made Jesus the epicenter of our lives because, and, and, and I wish you could read the whole of, of Colossians 1. I'm just going to read a few verses. He created each of us for a purpose. Let me read verse 16 and 17. Everything was created through Him and for Him. He existed before anything else and He holds creation together. He holds you together. He died personally for you. So it is personal to Him. Okay, am I making sense to you? Um, That's why a revelation of Jesus first and foremost is what is gonna take you to eternal life. It's Jesus, not the church, not sorting out this problem or that problem. First of all, it's a revelation that Jesus died, that He is the centre. So what we do as Christians is we obey His commands and endeavour to live a life of love and service. Anything else is sin. You might think sin is rape, sin is robbery, sin is corruption. But that's the wrong way to approach sin. Sin is anything that takes Jesus away from the centre. So for Paul, he said, why are you persecuting me? What he might be saying to us is, why have you made me irrelevant? Why are you too busy for me? Why are you ignoring me? Why have you rejected me? Am I making sense to you? So he will always ask the question, why? It's important for us to answer in ourselves. And say, you know what? I've been too busy for Jesus. I need to refocus. I need, a, I need to leave the house of God with Him at the very centre. Guys, this is so, so important. Then Ananias helps them. That's why we're here to help you. We, we give the sinners prayer. Because He basically says you need to confess your sins and, um, and ask Him to wash them away. See, that's the big thing. When you've given your life to Christ, Jesus makes a decision to forget your sin. So He sees you as if you're perfect. Guys, it's so important. Guys, I want to tell you, salvation is a blessing. It's not a curse. It's not, a, oh, now I've got to be religious. It's nothing like that. And the incredible thing was that Paul didn't argue with Jesus or put up a personal defence. I would encourage you, don't argue with Jesus. Just say, yes, send me your, your, your revelation. I mean, he was an educated thinker. The, those Jewish thinkers argued and argued and argued. But when revelation came in a split second, Paul knew he was a sinner, he needed to be forgiven, and this was the moment for radical life change. Amen. Are you, oh, this is so exciting, guys. The second blessing was healing. Every encounter with Jesus has the potential for healing. Paul was blinded by the intense light and for all, all, yeah, his his sight was gone. Sockets were were scorched. Uh, It must have been incredible pain. And God sends Ananias um, uh, to to be the, the vessel for his healing. And what's wonderful about this, right there up front, Paul gets his personal revelation that Jesus is a healer. Amen. And I love it. He just says, Brother Paul, regain your sight. Like, <laughs> Such simple faith. Be healed. Um, I, you know, my dad was like that. When there was something wrong, he'd walk into the room. What's wrong? And, I always, and I've told this story about me having mumps and incredibly and, and crying. It was a little boy. He comes back at lunchtime. He says, well, what do you want from God? I said, I, I just want this soreness, this pain to be removed. He said, pain be gone and walked out the house and went back to work instantly. The pain went away, but I still had the, I still had the mumps. But it's, it's crazy. Guys, I think we have moved away from asking God for healing. The first question is, which doctor should I go to? Listen, I know doctors are, are actually gifts from God to us. And I mean, my family, we've been helped so much by good doctors. And I have two children in the medical field. But guys, are we asking God to heal us you see healing includes every area of our being that is broken and damaged emotional, physical and spiritual. i'm going to read matthew nine thirty five Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogue so there he was teaching, announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness. Healing went with the gospel. Paul's salvation came with healing. And I want to say this, we're living in a world where there's a kind of cluster of illnesses that I don't think were around. In fact, when I was a kid, they weren't around. Even when Leanne was a child, we went to wild Zambia, which was wild then. And um, parents would let 14-year-old teenagers go for three weeks and maybe get one phone call. (laughs) But what we have is disease in the mind of anxiety, stress disorders, panic attacks, outrage, obsessive compulsive disorders, and so forth. That is robbing us of peace. I want you to tell you, Jesus is here to set you free. And just now we're gonna pray. And I want you to also pray for family members because it is like a prison, being anxious. Am I right? Um, Anxiety and stress doesn't allow us to live a life of joy and peace and all else that God has given us. I remember once um, a lady brought a friend, somebody in the church to us. And I remember the kids were small. Jenny was involved with Highway Home. And she said, please, you've got to do the kids' homework. And I called the lady in. And she said she was about to get married in a few weeks. Her psychologist said, you cannot go through with this wedding. There are so many issues that... You're going to need to work through them. So what happened was, I just said, okay, um, ladies, I don't have time. So I'm going to pray for you. I said, in Jesus' name, heal her of all these mental issues and problems. In Jesus' name, amen. Goodbye. God instantly did a work. I mean, that is so many decades ago, still happily married. So, so guys, I want to say this, that God wants to bless you with healing. Amen. Can we move on? Baptism. Guys, the word baptism means baptizer, which means to be immersed. Everything about Jesus and God is about a full immersion. You're all in. It means to be all in. It means to be fully on. Um, and there's baptism with water, full immersion. It's biblical by a church leader. Secondly, Paul talks about the baptism into the church by the Holy Spirit, which takes place when you've confessed your sin, when your sins have been washed away, you become a member of the church universal. Okay, then then you find the local church. But the third one is the baptism with the Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer, And this is a baptism of empowerment to be an effective witness. And this is what John the Baptist said in Matthew 3.11. Someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be a slave and carry his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I'm very certain that the baptism that Paul is talking about was the baptism with the Spirit. Because if we read in Acts 9, which is the original event, Ananias finds Saul and he says, Brother Saul, this is in Acts 9, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me that one, you might regain your sight, two, that you might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterwards, he ate some food and regained his strength. Because we're having a wonderful time in the next week, and I really want to encourage you, if not today, next week, be empowered with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's something that's available for everyone. That's what Jesus said. Read Mark 16. Amen. Uh, because it will, and that is what empowered Paul to plant churches. But listen, baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Are you still on fire? Very interesting. The fire. And I want to say this, and I think it's very important, that because we're human beings, because of maybe the pressure of circumstances, maybe a weakness, maybe a temptation, um, we, can, we can be diverted from what God wants. But I tell you this, He wants to restore the fire. And what Paul said to Timothy was a young person in the ministry And Timothy was struggling with emotional and spiritual issues. He said, stir into flames the gift that you've received when I I laid hands on you. I tell you today and next week, I want you to stir the flames because God has already given you the fire. Amen. Lastly, obviously the commissioning. You know what really freaked Paul out? What? stunned him, was the fact that in eternity, in eternity, God had already called him. And he often in his letters would, would mention about God's predestination and calling. I'm going to read one Ephesians 1, 3-4. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us crazy all Adonais had to do was to get Paul going and say this is what God wants for you guys I don't want you to continue serving God and having no idea where God wants to use you because God has already called you maybe hasn't called you to full time ministry but you're called and chosen you're not working or running that business for nothing you're not in that school for nothing amen and it was so interesting, when Peter fell, God never retracted his calling. Jesus pursued him. You see, I wanna, my, my, my main message is that Jesus is pursuing us to bless us. And so what happened was, he kept saying, three times, he said to Paul, do you love me? Paul said, you know I love you. Guys, you're here because you love Jesus. Amen. You're not here to fulfill some religious obligation. We all love Him. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. I just want to encourage you that one thing you can do is to join a view group and be part of the giving, feeding, helping one another. You can become a 2IC and be trained. You can lead a view group. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Are some of you in retirement? Can't spiritually retire. You've got way too much to give. We believe that our vision going forward is for every person in a view group to invite one person at least every quarter, every term. And for us to multiply at least once a year. Because we've received the commission to feed my sheep. Shall we stand? Let's stand as a church. Remember, in conclusion, as long as Paul lived, he enthusiastically told his story of the surprising and undeserved encounters. Four blessings, salvation, healing, infilling of the Spirit, and a calling. I want you to speak to Jesus. I want you to have a brief encounter with Him. I want you to continue having encounters with Him during the week because God wants to heal you. You know what John said, the last verse of his Gospel, he said, if every miracle Jesus performed were to be written down, there are not enough books in the world to take them in. Guys, Jesus is still healing. He's he's alive. If you need inner healing from anxiety, on pressure, I want you to press into Jesus because He wants to have an encounter with you. If you need to be filled with the Spirit, if your fire needs to be stoked, if you need to, be, to have your calling recommissioned, now's the time. As we sing, we're gonna sing, we're gonna worship. Um, we've got two minutes left. I'm asking you to press into Jesus, will you? Come on, let's do that now. Guys, let's press in for those four blessings. Firstly, if you know that you need to make right with Jesus, maybe if our heads could be uh, bowed a little bit, eyes closed, except for our team. If you know that this is that moment, you've received the revelation of Christ that you didn't have before, or you've fallen away from God, I want to pray for you. Could you just raise your hand and say, Graham, pray for me. Lift your hand and put it down. Remember, it's not about religion church membership it's about your personal relationship Jesus is asking you the question why why are you persecuting why am I relevant in your life why why are you resisting me and if if you know that he's asking that question why don't you just make that decision anyone here this morning thank you there's a hand here on the front is there another hand just put it down I just want to know that this is a moment of life change. It's it's your Damascus Road. Anyone having a Damascus Road moment, I just want to know to pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for that person who raised her hand. Just pray, God, that in this moment, Lord, you would be with her, that she would, would just know that you are her leader, that you're a guide. And anybody else, Lord, in the meeting, Lord, who's made that decision, God, that they would know to that as we go on, we confess our sins and You're faithful and just to forgive us and that Your Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us and to lead us and to guide us. Amen. Let's keep our heads bowed. The second one is healing. I want to pray for anyone here that's struggling with stress, panic attacks, all that kind of thing, or you have a close family member or friend you want to pray for. Raise your hand and I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank You for every hand that's raised. Lord, because we know that in this moment, Lord, there's a miracle as we've just been singing. God, we trust in You. And I pray, Lord, I know that we need to lift our face. You're speaking to me so clearly that You want to heal Your people. And in the Name of Jesus, be healed. Lord, everyone in this meeting and every person that they are standing proxy for, I ask You, Lord, for an incredible miracle in Jesus' Name. Amen. Third one, if you need to be infilled, you know that your flame is burning low. You're saying, Lord, I want I want the fire back. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Lord, I thank You for every hand that's raised. I pray, God, that You would do an amazing thing both now and during our week of of praise and worship and fasting. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray that You would ignite us. Lord, we'd have have such a sense of how You want to use our natural gifts and that You've given us spiritual gifts that God, we can be so effective, we can have an effective and a significant miracle for You. I ask this in Jesus' name. Last one that you want God to bless you with another level of ministry. Guys, please don't live in a comfort zone. Lord, I just pray, God, for each and every one of us that your callings, Lord, your giftings will become so clear. Lord, I believe you're speaking to us, Lord, to lead view groups, uh, Lord, to be part of reaching this whole town of Mount Boss and its surrounding areas. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Was it not good to be in the house of the Lord?